The Interrobank podcast is brought to you by Simply Financial. Flex on your ex-bank with up to $700 from Simply Financial. Visit simply.com today. Conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Interrobank podcast. I am your host, Ben Harrietha. It's finals week this week, but it's not just for school. Thank you for joining us this week. We have another great episode and another great guest coming up, and I will explain what I meant in the intro later. But first, here's what's making news at Fanshawe. A student team has partnered with the simulation labs in order to create new covers for their massage tables. Tanya Killian, the simulation manager, reached out to the fashion design program to design the covers, saying that to get them redone professionally would have cost a lot of money. The material is way better than anything you could buy online and didn't cost half as much, Killian says. The covers are expected to last at least five years, at which point the fashion design team will be able to make more. Smash Wrestling is coming live to Oasis. On January 11th, Fanshawe's own Colton Churchill, known by his wrestling name as Mick the Brickhouse Maguire, will be competing at the event. Churchill grew up watching wrestling with his dad and loves the mix of athletics and showmanship. Churchill's last match at Fanshawe was nearly three years ago, where he lost the match in 2 minutes and 45 seconds. He looks forward to stepping up his game in front of his friends and family on his stomping grounds. Broadway fans rejoice. London is getting a little slice of musical theater. Broadway in London has announced that three new Broadway musicals will be coming to Budweiser Gardens. The award-winning classic Cats has already been put on, only staying two nights, but future productions will be held. They include The Book of Mormon from March 20th to March 22nd, and Legally Blonde the Musical, a personal favorite of mine, will be a one-time performance on May the 7th. Tickets can be purchased at BudweiserGardens.com. For the full stories, check out our website at www.interrobang.ca. Alright, so a little explanation regarding the intro. Finals week in class usually corresponds for the finals for the College Esports League. So we're going to be chatting about that a little bit. To that end, we have Adam Boyce on, the Valorant team manager for Fuel, as well as a caster. Both of Fanshawe's Valorant teams, so Fanshawe Fuel and Fuel Rising, have won their NECC division championships, so big win for them there. We'll talk more about that in the episode, along with some of the logistics that goes into being an esports manager. So, without further ado, let's get into it. All right, Adam, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm happy to be here. It's going to be nice to just get to have a little chat with some people and get to talk about some things. Yeah, man. I mean, this is uh, this is the first time we're actually recording this podcast in person. Oh, we usually do it over Zoom, but right now we're both stuffed into a tiny room in the publications office. <laughs> we're stuffed into essentially a closet talking, but uh, it's yeah. all right. It's all right. First time. Uh, so, hey, you know what? It's exciting. Um, uh, I got to say that I was the first one to do this podcast in person. So Awesome. Win for Glad me. to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, before we get into it, could you just uh, introduce yourself and I uh, guess what you do with Fuel and with the FSU? Uh, so I'm Boyce. I'm one of the broadcasters uh, for the FSU for Fanshawe Fuel. Uh, I'm also the Valorant team manager and coach. I previously played for them in both Valorant and Counter-Strike for two years. I'm in my third year here and I'm going to continue to do so. Uh, you can call me Adam. I, that is my name. But saying Adam Boyce Boyce really doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue <laughs> as well. So you can, Boyce Adam doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I'm a broadcaster. I do. I help with production. I help do the uh, play-by-play casting, all that stuff. That's awesome. That's uh, that's a lot of hats to wear. There's a lot going on. Yeah. 
you were just telling me uh, before we started recording that we had uh, that you have been up till like one, two in the morning the past like three days or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's grand finals week for a lot of our leagues, so we've had a. Uh, had both our Valorant teams go to, or two of the three go to the grand finals, both won their division. So essentially state championships, uh, Rainbow Six had their finals Tuesday night, which had a lot of issues and ran. We, I got there at seven and I, that was two hours after our producers. So producers were there from five till two thirty in the morning. Wow. That is... It's a long shift for a broadcast. <laughs> yeah, that is a very, very long shift, considering I think the last time I did uh, like live broadcasting, it would have been only four hours. Usually four hours would be a stretch for us, but you get best of fives and they go the full distance and you ha they pause every two seconds because there's a problem it, it usually takes a little bit longer <laughs> yeah because i i caught the uh i caught the vod later and i saw that yeah it was a really really long hard match yes it was team. um so first off congratulations on uh both the valorant wins thank you as the, thank you because know, you. i imagine that you're the valorant team manager i'm sure that feels great yeah it's awesome i i've worked with both the uh it was our main team and our rising team which is our division three team uh, I've worked with both of them really closely. I'm really good friends with a lot of the players on both teams. I've played with the main team before, and the rising team is some really close friends of mine from outside of Fanshawe. We just happen to end up in the same place. So working with them, both as a manager and as a coach, helping them improve their game and being able to see them take home a trophy for both of them was awesome. Yeah, how's the, how's the team feeling? Like, I'm sure they feel great. Uh, they're all really happy, but it's mixed emotions because on the main team, we had two players leave after that game. Uh -oh. It was their final match, but it's a fitting end, right? We had um, our one of our guys who's been around for a long time, Dakota, just graduated, uh, and big homie or Kyle, he had been playing with us for a long time. He's still a student, but he does he's just not playing anymore. It was a, a poetic ending because he, our head producer, uh, his name's Apollo, uh, him and Kyle actually started competing in Counter-Strike nine years ago together on the same team and have it was kind of poetic that Apollo was producing the grand finals for his last game and we got to do the interview with him and they get he gets to end his career in the room with the guy that started him with it. That's great. That is that is you really couldn't write anything better than that honestly. Um, so uh, I have not played a lot of competitive games. <laughs> I've played, I, I used to play Overwatch. I was on the Overwatch team back when I was was in school, uh, but I am not familiar with Valorant mm -hmm. at all. I, I know it's similar to CSGO, yeah. um, but like, could you run me through what makes like a winning team in Valorant? Uh, right now, I, honestly, I'm just going to say it like straight up. The, the current meta of the game is boring. Everyone is just bored of it. There's been some things that have been absolutely broken for a long time. So uh, what used to make a good team is not what make a good team now. And they've now changed it. So what was a good team before might not be a good team anymore now. Um, but for us, we had five really good individual players. They didn't really have a lot of time to practice. So they didn't get to do a lot of like that in-depth work that I would like to do with one of my teams, but we had five individual players. We are not, they're not in the top division. It was the, essentially division two. And we kind of, they kind of just, it was nice to see them be able to have fun with it, not have to sweat super hard and get everything done. But at the end of the day, as long as you've got the individual skill and you put the time in, like everyone plays together, it's the chemistry that matters. Yeah, of course. And I'm sure, because uh, these tournaments were in person, like these championships were in person this yes. now, yeah? Yes, yes. And I'm sure that helps. 
Oh, absolutely. The having that room has been amazing. It, the the like feeling of it compared to being in a call and actually just seeing them next to you, like being able to reach over and be like, "Hey, good job. Give them a fist bump." That's it feels so good. I imagine. Yeah, and I, I'm sure that like just made you guys play like just that like 25% better that you need to do to like just, you know, clinch it basically. Absolutely um, it did. So, um could you run me through kind of what makes up the game? Uh, and so that I and listeners kind of know what's going on with it. So if you don't know like what a attack shooter means or a tactical FPS, it's more or less like it's 5v5 first off. You have a bunch of different agents where it's all everyone has unique abilities. Uh, kind of divided up into roles, but it's not like a role where you have to play a certain number of each role. You can play whatever you want. Right. It just There's obviously going to be like the ideal setup. Um, the objective is essentially you're taking space from the other team. You need to, I'll, I'll, for to make it simple, think like capture the flag. You ever played capture the flag before? You grab the flag, bring it back to yours. You're taking a flag to somewhere. You're going to put it somewhere. You have to defend it for 40 seconds. If you can defend it for 40 seconds without them essentially taking it back, then you win the round. That's the easiest way I can describe it without Getting using like words that either I can't use or people won't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's a that's a great explanation. I feel like that's a really uh, simple way to explain how games like, you know, Valorant and CSGO work. Yeah. Because uh, you're kind of right. It is basically almost like reverse capture the flag in a way. Yeah, you're not capturing the flag. You're giving them it and you don't want them to give it back to you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's... Um, because it basically just works like uh, like bomb defusal, right? Or yeah, kind of. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was allowed to use that word on the podcast. <laughs> they, there's there's I, a lot of places don't like using that the, description. Using the word bomb. Yeah, I, I don't like to use that description unless I have to because yeah. it just sounds bad. It does sound. <laughs> That's what it is, though. It's not good. Yeah, but for yeah, so I guess for anyone who's maybe more of like a like a mainstream Call of Duty gamer, as we would put it here. Um, it, it's search and destroy. It's search and destroy. Yeah, it's search and destroy. I feel like I feel like you can just say search and destroy and everyone's like, oh yeah, it's search and destroy. You said they're, uh, these are like division championships that you guys yes. won. So like, what's, what's next? After so uh, they haven't figured out exactly what's going to happen because it, obviously it's kind of like all, everything's been up in the air for the last like three years, what we're doing. Um, there is a national championship that comes in the summer they run a, a fall and a spring division championships. So last year they had a lot less divisions and it was essentially top two from every division went to nationals and nationals is where like the prize pools come in and you're like playing for scholarship money. Uh, I don't remember, I think last year it was like roughly 10K for each game, something like that. I don't that's remember. Crazy. Um, that's that's relatively small compared to some non-college events. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah, this year, I'm assuming it's, what I've heard is every team that's won. So now we have two teams that's going to the national champs, but that's not till the summer. And we still have a chance to possibly get another team there. Cause if you win in this fall, or even if you lose in the fall and win in the spring, you can still go. Yeah. It's crazy to me how big esports has gotten in just like the past couple of years. Uh, it's been crazy absolutely crazy like i look at some of the prize pools on some of those events like what was it it was that one Fortnite event um like uh, i think it was like two years ago right before the pandemic and the, it was like a 13 year old kid won, yeah like, bugger won 20 million dollars or something like something that. like that that's not even if you've ever seen if anyone's ever seen dota 2 the, yeah. the international has like 30 40 million dollar prize pools yeah because it's crowdfunded yeah 
And the international is like it. I would have to. I'd probably say it's like the biggest one. The gold standard, absolutely, yeah. it is the biggest. I don't think there's ever been anything bigger. If you look, there, there's a the website online. You can look at like the top earning esports professionals. Like the top fifty in the whole list is just Dota players. Yeah. Because if you, it's literally just the ten teams that have won the international. That's it. Yeah. And they're all like eleven million earned. Yeah, it's crazy because like it's they got the they got the Valve backing and Valve is like obviously they're willing to just pour money into into and valve only even puts like two million into those prize pools it's because they take all their money from like the in-game like passes you can buy because mm-hmm. every major they have a pass you can buy and all the money that comes from that like i think it's like i don't remember the share i think it's 50 50 but you got to think if it's 50 50 that's a lot of money mm-hmm. just for valve too it could be double that yeah. and they're making like 20 30 million dollar prize pools consistently every year yeah it's crazy, I, especially as like someone on the outside looking in, because like the only I, I don't play a lot of like team competitive games. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm much more of a I, I like fighting games. Yeah, that's my go to. And even even fighting games, they got crazy stuff like Evo. Um, but uh, I, definitely on the outside looking in, I look at like stuff like the international, you know, the Overwatch champion, Overwatch League championships. And I'm like, that's insane. Like, I remember um, seeing Overwatch League get like broadcast on television. Yeah, the first time I ever saw Overwatch League was on ESPN. Yeah, it was on it was on ESPN because my stepdad was watching ESPN. He's like, Adam, what w- what is this? Yeah, can you can you explain to me what this is? And I had no idea what it was. I never played Overwatch before. Yeah, and I I, I just I, I was like, it came on ESPN, and I was like, I was like, this is I'm like I play this game. Like, yeah, this is it, a it's, game. it's it's crazy. It's on, it's on national television. E- even like not even national. Like we fuel has we're on the Rogers TV channel in London. And if you go if you go to like Chuck's or Crabby Joe's at like 10 p.m. on some nights after we go on after like nights games, like they'll play us. At we we've had our teams go to Chuck's before. The yeah. Rainbow Six team was at Chuck's watching their own show on TV <laughs> from the the table watching themselves play. Like even that just feels really good from a small local team and yeah. like having that recognition locally. That's really cool. I'm sure that's like a surreal experience also. It, it feels weird because like I, I was the I was the broadcaster for it. Yeah. And they send me a video of me on TV at, at this restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on here? I didn't even know I'm on right now. Yeah. So, so how much, um, so you broad so you do the team managing for Valorant, mm-hmm. you do broadcasting and do you just broadcast Siege or do you do other? Uh, well, I'm just doing Siege right now because I, I coach the Val teams usually, so I'm in the game with them when they're playing. I mm. used to cast Val, um, but I did cast Counter-Strike as well, just the teams got eliminated, so I didn't have any more games to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rainbow Six has been the only... I kind of just... I go wherever I'm needed. Uh, I'm fairly busy with some other esports-related stuff outside of school now, so I don't cast often. I kind of just cast when people need to be covered. Uh, yeah. One of our casters, readers, had COVID for like the last week, so I've been kind of just covering whatever he couldn't do. But uh, it was good to be back. I haven't casted in a really long time. Yeah. So, well, like, what goes into casting? Obviously, like, I know there's, like, a sense of you got to have, like, some personality that goes into there. And then you also, you know, have to have game sense and stuff. So, like, if, from your angle, like, kind of what do you have to do when you go to cast? Uh, I'll be completely honest with you. A lot of casting is just knowing how to sound like you know what you're talking about. Like, I, and I say that completely honestly because I did a League of Legends cast. I suck at League. I'm terrible. I literally just started learning it a couple months ago and I did a cast. But when you get in that flow, it's the same it would take to do a podcast like this. If you get in the flow of just being able to talk and get things going, just kind of go on the fly, 
Mm-hmm. As long as you sound like you know what you're talking about, you can be an okay caster. But yeah, you do need like that game knowledge and how the individual mechanics work. Like I was a color caster most of the time. So I'd be bouncing off the play by play because I am a coach outside of Fanshawe. So I kind of give like the analytical perspective of it. Mm-hmm. Because if you watch like NHL, I'd be the guy that's like down by the box given the, the, the like rinkside commentary. Right, right, right. So do you like doing that i guess like, oh no i i love it i love it i obviously i love getting to i get to sit there and i get to watch my friends play video games and talk about it and yeah. get paid to do it obviously that's that's pretty cool right yeah no that is that is pretty sick there's do you think is there any like specific game you like casting more for than any other one Valorant, which sucks because i'm i'm busy doing other things for that but <laughs> it I weirdly enjoyed League just because there's a lot going on. Even mm-hmm. though I don't know anything about it, there's so much going on all the time. There's always something to talk about. And I feel the same in Val because it's very, it can be slow, it can be fast paced, but there's always something to note down as long as you know what you're looking for. There's some games that are really boring and Rainbow Six is one of them because there's like two minutes where nothing happens. Yes. Yeah, I used to I used to play Siege uh, a good amount and... Uh, I enjoy the boring moments, but like I know from like a viewing perspective, it is like the most boring thing in the world. Sometimes that is a game where you need to have like good cashers for because if they don't know what they're saying in that like lapse where nothing's happening and it's just dead air, it's the most boring thing to watch. Yeah, because there's like a two minute phase where it's just prepping and picks and nothing's happening. There's no action. And even when the action does start, it takes like another minute for anyone to get there. And it's just, if you're not continuing to give them something, it just sucks to watch. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like that dead air is where it needs to have that, uh, you need to have that game sense because if you just start saying things that people know is not true, they're not going to have the game to ignore, like to basically cover up your mistakes, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're not going to know the difference. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, let me just pull my questions again. <laughs> so, what goes what goes into managing an esports team? Uh, honestly, for these guys, it's mostly just been making sure everyone actually shows up on time. <laughs> uh, that that's been the biggest problem with some of these teams. Um, I won't go like in depth on what problems we've had. It's, it's season's over. Not my place to speak on them anymore. But um. Yeah, I mostly just try to make sure that everyone kind of is on the same page. There's no problems going on. We had some problems with players. We had to remove players from some of the rosters. It, oh, wow. it, do, it does happen. Like, it, you put a bunch of people, they're not, they don't have to be friends outside of the game. And if they aren't, or if they don't, personality clashes can cause those kind of issues. And I'm kind of just here to try and stop it. Do yeah. my best to make sure everything works together, put the teams together and like see who fits where because we do have multiple teams so we do have to kind of tier them a little bit so right. that's where i came in this year um ideally i like to do more like with the stuff i do outside of fanshawe i do a lot more than that but that's pretty much all i really do here right right so it's basically just kind of trying to like you know mediate any problems that have come up and essentially making sure everyone is where they need to be when they need to be yeah scheduling and you know just making sure there's no problems in general whatever the problem might be i'm the point of contact to come to basically yeah i imagine the scheduling part is probably the part that is the biggest uh pain in the rear end i imagine well we have a policy where we kind of just like we make sure everyone is available for the default time that they give us Mm -hmm. and if they're not we don't play it 
so it's it's on the players to do that and yeah. it's really easy because we don't like to reschedule at all we say like if you give us a week notice we'll humor you and try if you don't give us a week notice i'm probably gonna just not even respond to you like i <laughs> respectfully you enter this happens all the time in our main league it's monday nights from 6 to 9 p.m you can start and there are teams that will enter that can't play mondays at all I have no, I don't care. I have no respect for them. You're entering yeah. a Monday league and forcing me to play a different day of the week. Yeah. We have players that have jobs and school schedules. Yeah. I just, I won't do it. Yeah, no, it's especially because like this, I feel like college esports, it's like, that's not your main thing you're doing. It's like, this is like one of three, sometimes four other like, you know, hobbies and things you have to commit yourself to a week. So when it's like a team is like, oh yeah, we can't do that. It's like, well, mm-hmm. then we're not playing you. Like, that's just it. Yeah, and I, I don't like to forfeit people. I'm all for like, I want to play the game out. I believe the better team should win. Mm-hmm. But if you're giving me no option, I will throw the rule book at you. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause it's it's just, I, I we've had that, uh, we had that when I was playing um, for Fanshawe uh, back when I was in school. And it, yeah, we just would have teams who would just be like, Oh yeah, our main healer can't show up. Can we just reschedule? And we we're just like, don't you have like someone you could bring up? Like, and they're just like, no. And so we just were like, okay, well, do you take the forfeit then? It's, like, it, it's happened all the last like three weeks. It's been exam season, and there was like Thanksgiving, and it's like, oh yeah, these guys and midterms as well. Midterms are the worst for it. They always say, oh yeah, we had a, we have a midterm like tonight, and he can't play. Do do other schools not give their exam schedules out like the first week of classes? <laughs> right. We're like eight weeks in and you're just now realizing that he has a midterm. Like, yeah. You could come to me eight weeks in advance. If you come to me, if you, someone came to me for a reschedule eight weeks in advance, I would just do it for them because that they're just being good. Yeah. Like if you gave me that much notice, I would make it work. Even like, but if you're coming to me 48 hours before, no, yeah. I don't care. It's, um... <laughs> I remember there was there was one time we were playing I think it was Ottawa and uh, the team captain or like the team manager for Ottawa just didn't show up and we were trying to set up the game. Luckily, I knew someone on the Ottawa team because I went to high school with them, so I was able to be like, "Hey, where's your team captain?" He was just like, "Oh, he just didn't show up. Do we want to still play the game?" And so we did anyways. But like, yeah, totally. Just some teams just don't think outside their bubble about the there's other people team. they're playing there's another team like they yeah. care too we've got stuff going on yeah, it's not it's, just you <laughs> yeah it's like it's like yeah like as much as playing these games are fun it is still a time commitment you know you need to commit like you know two to three hours sometimes a night mm. um you know when it when it's time to come to play and and having a, the other team just basically be like oops sorry is just very it, it's very frustrating oh absolutely yeah. i it is very frustrating is there anything before we wrap up? Is there anything else you'd like to add? Like maybe uh, you know promote some stuff that's coming up with fuel. Anything you'd like to say? There's not really a lot left. I mean, we're we're in the. I don't know when this is going to come out. We're like in the last week of finals. When we go into exam week, we're kind of done. Uh, probably only thing I'll say is if you're listening and you haven't heard about the fuel station, you probably check it out upstairs in uh, J Building above the uh, above the gyms by the student center. We've got our lovely little game room. You can drop in any day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, it just opened in November, so if you haven't heard of it before, that's probably why. But uh, you should come check it out. It's, it's pretty fun. Just get to come in and 
play games between classes or as long as you go to your classes. No, don't don't skip to come here. Please go to your classes. It's I, an actual problem we've had. Oh man, I, I can't confirm. It is a very very cool spot. I've gone in on my lunches before too. It's uh, across the hall from us right now. Yeah, yeah, it's just across the hall. So I go in on my lunches to play Smash sometimes. It's uh, it's fun. Can't confirm. So go check it out. Anyways, thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, no problem. Not not a problem at all. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Interrobang. As always, you can catch up with every episode on our website or wherever you get your podcast. Pick up your copy of the Interrobang on Newsstands Now, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all things Fanshawe. For the Interrobang, I'm Ben Harrietha. The Interrobang podcast is brought to you by Simply Financial. Flex on your ex-bank with up to $700 from Simply Financial. Visit simply.com today. Conditions apply.